This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. Also, our shortwave program, social media, and television. Now, tonight I'm going to speak on you have a ministry, but you must battle for your ministry. We're in a situation in the world today, in the United States today, that uh, evil is becoming worse and worse. And frankly, it's because the church has failed. The church has become lukewarm. The church is in a position where, just like Israel was in a position where they went into slavery because of their sins. And uh, if the church was united, on fire, an overcomer, we wouldn't be in a problem in America. What Marxism is is uh, taking over the country and Christians are actually being threatened to be arrested, to put in FEMA camps, concentration camps. Let me tell you, we need a genuine revival if we're going to survive. I'm talking about Christians. If we're going to survive in America, you have a ministry, but you must battle for your ministry. First Timothy 1, 18 through 20. I am in my conference room here at World Ministries International. It's a live audience. And uh, after this message, we'll go into prayer. This charge I commit unto you, Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou mightest be a good warrior, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom, and he names two people of his former sons, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Ministry means to serve. It's that simple. People try to make it mean a bunch of other things. But it simply means to serve. With that said, would you say that everyone has a ministry of some kind? That God is a place for everyone to serve. The truth is that God has called all of us to ministry. Because he has placed gifts in each one of us. Romans eleven twenty nine, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I've belonged several times to two apostolic churches, mega churches. And the first one in Singapore. Uh, the reality of why it grew so much is everybody was called to serve. That was taught. They understood their responsibility. Not everybody is called to be in full-time, five-fold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. But everyone is called to serve. Everyone is called to minister, to share your faith. Everyone can pray for the sick. When you understand that and you turn people on to the kingdom of God where actually they serve God first and not themselves... In America, frankly, the church has become a hobby and we go to church, but in reality, the American church is very independent, very selfish, and they serve themselves. They don't know what kingdom is. They don't know how serving God first. They just go listen to a sermon, go home and do their own thing. That will never build a New Testament church. That's dynamic. That church sent out 300 missionaries at one time, fully supported, not $5 a month, not 50, fully supported. Over 2,000 churches they've planted. You can't even imagine it. But they understood that everyone has a ministry. 
So when you start asking yourself, what should I be doing? All you need to do is to start looking at your gift. Wherever your gift is, that's where your ministry is. Or where you are of service is located. That's why people should be serving in their church. There is so much to do for the kingdom of God. Every hand should be on deck for service. It shouldn't be like 5% of the people do all of the work and 95% sit back and do nothing. That is lazy, selfish people. 1 Timothy 1, 18 through 20. Paul is talking to Timothy and calls him a true son. This is spiritual father trying to prevent shipwreck in one of his sons. He is sounding the alarm. Timothy, the battle for your ministry is on. In order to win this battle for your ministry, Timothy, you're going to have to use the prophecies that I have spoken over you as a weapon. This warfare is going to be over your place of service, and you cannot forget those prophecies because your ministry will depend on it. I know a couple years ago I was preaching when I went to churches and revival meetings that you fight according to the prophecies, past, present, present and future. Fight according to the prophecies that have been spoken over you. If it's from God, fight for them. I know when my wife, Adalia, was in the hospital and she could have died. And, uh, I re you know, we fought according to the prophecies. No, she saw a vision of angels coming down on a staircase. She said, I is this my time? I said, no, remember what God has said. And we fought according to the prophecies. I said, this is not your time to go to heaven. This is your time for victory to give birth successfully. We fight according to the prophecies. We don't give up. Again, in order to win this battle, you're going to have to use the prophecies. Paul told Timothy that I've spoken over you as your weapon. The warfare is going to be over your place of service. And again, you can't forget the prophecies that have been spoken. I remember prophecies not only over my life, but the prophecies in the word of God, what will happen in the future. And I war accordingly. Paul said, wage a good warfare with those prophecies. Timothy, Satan will battle with you over the prophetic words in your life. Don't be surprised when it happens. Be prepared. Any person that God has called into ministry and they have had prophecy spoken over them, understand Satan is going to try to rob those words away from you. He's going to try to make you doubt what God has said. Don't doubt. Hold on to God's promises. Those prophecies are his promises. Do not let Satan take away your destiny. He, was all, he will also war with you over the relationship that you have with your spiritual leadership. By trying to make you doubt the validity of the prophetic word spoken over you by him. Don't allow him to come between that relationship. Guard it, protect it, because it's precious and powerful. So he'll try to separate you from your spiritual father. Your father that will take you into your destiny. 1 Timothy 1.19 Keep the faith and have a good conscience. Keep the faith. In other words, have a good conscience toward God and those he put in your life. Don't talk about the man of God behind his back, even if others do. Don't have a spirit of betrayal or Absalom on you. Don't say one thing and then do another. 
You wonder why your prayers aren't answered. You're coming against God's anointing. You're coming against God himself. No wonder your prayers aren't answered. And no wonder you have problems. Have a good conscience by doing what is right when no one else is watching. That's how you sleep soundly at night. If you don't, you can have a clear conscience toward God. And believe me, it will affect every area of your life and you will be shipwrecked. He mentions two others who actually ended up shipwrecked. And I believe since Paul saw what happened in his relationship with them, he wanted to prevent the same thing from happening with Timothy. I mentioned it earlier, two of Paul's earlier sons. Verse 19, which some have rejected, it said. And he mentions two of his other spiritual sons. We know that they were spiritual sons because of how Paul handled them in the next verse. Verse 20, whom I have delivered unto Satan that they might learn not to blaspheme. Paul starts out telling Timothy how to fight the battle of his ministry and then ends up talking about him turning two men over to Satan so that they might learn a lesson. How did he make that leap? Paul was explaining to Timothy that there is a price to pay a reprimand ahead of those who don't do things God's way. To serve is a privilege. And that service or ministry is going to be tested and will become a place of battle at some point. Paul wanted to equip Timothy as any good father how to win victory in this area. Unfortunately, there are people who are forced to learn lessons the hard way. And this was one for two of his sons. Paul didn't want Timothy to become a third casualty. He also knew that in order to really drive this point home about being a good conscience, a few live examples would help. So he referenced two of his fellow brothers under Paul's charge. Timothy knew these guys because Paul wouldn't bring up two men that Timothy didn't know to drive home the point. He tells Timothy very simply that I take my hands off these men. And he named them because they didn't believe in what I was saying. They were not of good conscience before God or myself. They didn't respect my position in their lives and didn't place value on what God has placed in me for their lives and ministry. So I had to remove them from my covering. When that happens, they will be fair game for Satan and he will kill, steal, and destroy to the point that they will be running back to the covering they did not appreciate in the beginning. When you are in a battle for your ministry, your conscience is paramount. Again, your conscience will convict you. Also, your covering is critical. It's paramount. God places spiritual fathers in the body of Christ for a reason. He has given the fivefold ministry gifts for a reason. And when you don't respect those gifts to the body, you blaspheme, not against the man, but against God. We must always remember and be assured that it is Satan who wants to steal our destiny, to destroy our ministry effectiveness. Satan wants you to fail. He doesn't want you to go into your destiny. He doesn't want you to become a mature son or daughter that moves with anointing. He wants you to create doubt in you, strife, 
bitterness. He wants you to break away. He wants you to become shipwrecked. We must always realize and be assured that it is Satan who wants to destroy our destiny, destroy our ministry. When Peter was being tempted to betray Jesus, as the Lord was being falsely accused, the stage was being set for his crucifixion and death. It was revealed to him that Satan was behind his change of mind toward his leader. Remember Luke 22, 31 through 32? The Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that you may be sifted as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So Satan tried to pull even Peter away from Christ. Satan tries to pull you away from your destiny, from your calling, from Christ, from those that are helping you fulfill your destiny, for those that are grooming you. He will try to separate you. If he can, you will never see your destiny. Spiritual warfare against your ministry happens when the enemy suggests to your thinking such things as, quote, you cannot trust your leadership. They don't have your best interests at heart. Unquote. That's what we call in the Bible a fiery dart. Quote, you are just being used and you will never get to what God has called you to do. Unquote. Every pastor knows people that have broken away. I can look over people that have broken away and they're doing nothing. They had a great destiny. They could have met leaders around the world. They would have, and they were moving into anointing. What are they doing now? Maybe they're just nothing but a butcher in a butcher shop. They go right back to the vomit in which they left when they knew they were called of God. And they might have even talked you into bringing them on board. But now they go right back to the vomit and they haven't been used of God anywhere since. These and many other examples and arrows of destruction are in Satan's arsenal that he uses to separate protégés from their mentors and their spiritual fathers. Of course, all these weapons are only have effectiveness when a person is more concerned about self than anything or anyone else. Again, selfishness is the will of man. Righteousness is the will of God. Selfishness causes all of our problems. Selfishness is a part of pride. This is why Jesus told Peter, quote, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Luke 9.23, follow me. When we are too self-focused, we are more subject to be taken out by the enemy of our lives and of God's kingdom. If you are focused on yourself, again, selfishness is the will of man. Righteousness is the will of God. All successful servants of God came through a process of refinement for the call on their lives by being connected with a spiritual father and a mentor in their lives. All of them. Nobody is an island unto themselves. If you see an island unto yourself, you'll see that island is sinking. It's surrounded by water and sharks, and they're really doing nothing but gnashing their teeth and uttering a few statements without truth all the way through it. God has not changed his order for raising up champions of faith. So instead of seeking our ministry, we should seek out the divine relationships that will propel us into our destiny. 
Scripture abounds with examples of these kinds of relationships. It's like a person seeking a plane to fly, but never been taught by an instructor. Well, the plane's not going to help you. Where are you going to fly it? You might not even be able to turn on the engine. So seeking a ministry without seeking out the relationship of somebody that will help you get into the ministry, it's a waste of your time. It's pure selfishness because you don't want to come under anybody. You're too arrogant to learn. Moses thought he should jump into ministry prematurely and then found out that he needed 40 years of training under his father-in-law Jethro before he was finally ready to be a shepherd of Israel. You can read about that in Exodus 18. I know a lot of people that have uh, betrayed their father-in-laws and usually they end up shipwrecked in the heresy. Why? Because it's so unscriptural. You can say you're a man of God and you, and you can't honor your father-in-law, your parents. You're no man of God. What you are is a selfish man, open to deception and defilement, open for Satan to use and maybe possess. Elisha, Elijah, Elisha spent years as a servant of Elijah before being granted the double portion anointing that enabled him to be twice as productive as his spiritual father. 1 Kings 19, 19. You know, Elijah did not make it easy for Elisha. He tried to uh, discourage him. But Elisha, I will not let you go. Elisha understood destiny. He understood what it took to have that anointing. Saul served alongside a more mature man of God named Barnabas before being renamed Paul and thrust into apostleship to the Gentiles. Acts 13, 1 through 4. Timothy, the great apostolic leader of the Ephesian church, was the well-proven spiritual son of Paul. Philippians 2, 19 through 23. The disciples became the apostles of the Lamb after three and a half years of mentorship under Jesus, who was serving as their apostle and spiritual father while on earth. Luke 22, 28 through 29. Jesus, I'm just called by God. Well, if, if you're not going to be under any man on earth, you should be in heaven right now. Because the apostles, the disciples didn't become apostles without being under a man on earth. Jesus on earth. He wasn't in heaven. This is heresy. This is stupidity and ignorance when you hear somebody, oh, it's just me and God. Yeah. And a lot of heresy along the way. A lot of problems. You're usually a rebel that causes problems and schisms. You don't want to learn. No, you're just a, a coffee house rabbi thinking you know something when all you know is a lot of arrogance. The disciples became the apostles of the Lamb of God. Again, it took them three and a half years under God himself on earth called Jesus. So the pattern remains for all of us to follow. When man and many of them, men, left Jesus after hearing some of the, quote, hard sayings, he asked the disciples, quote, will you also go away? Unquote. They answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. John six sixty seven through 68. There is a powerful relationship principle here in this passage that we should not overlook and still progress in our calling.
we must recognize those whom God is using to speak into our lives. It's like a child. As they grow up, they should recognize that their parents have a lot of wisdom. If the child is wise enough to listen to his parents, he can get ahead in life. Some children break away at a young age and they become a mess. They become a victim of Satan. Some of them are such a casualty that they commit suicide or they're killed. All they had to do was listen to the wisdom of their parents and not rebel, not want their own way, like some children do. I have my own ministry. Well, if you're not blessed and anointed, if you're not ready, what you do is you fail. That's what you have. And the next time we ask about you, you're in a grocery store loading groceries in a bag. You're in the hood of a car, but you're not in full-time ministry because you're too arrogant to be discipled and to learn. We must recognize those whom God puts in our life to speak to us, to correct us, to develop us. Very often, it's our spiritual parents that have spiritual words for us that can have a profound impact on our lives. Sure, we can take advice and counsel for and by many mature believers, but they can never replace the persons that God has set in our lives to provide oversight and direction and release into all God has for us. You know, some people want to go to other fathers. They break away from their parents. Well, unless God is directing that, um, sometimes you go from the the uh, fire into the frying pan. And um, the next thing we know, you're devoured by Satan. That is why Satan works night and day to try and separate us from key people who have been anointed of God to serve our destiny. These appointed leaders will bring activation and release into all that God has for us. When Jesus told Peter that is was Satan who was proceeding to tell him that the adequate intercession was made to secure victory, Peter, if you remember the story, Satan desired to have him and sift him as wheat, meaning to separate the wheat from the chaff. The Lord again proceeded to tell him that adequate intercession that he had, that I had for you, was made to secure your victory for Peter, that he would recover himself and be restored to ministry on the Lord's side. So Jesus reminded him, hey, I have interceded for you. And when you have come back, restore your brethren. Luke twenty-two thirty-two. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. But when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. The ministry of revelation and intercession is the responsibility of spiritual parents as they watch over our souls. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they must give an account that they may do it with joy, not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. What's it saying? It says it breaks their heart. But really, who it's hurting is you're hurting yourself. It breaks their heart to have to correct you or to see you not willing to take the correction. But who it really hurts is you. You're hurting yourself. You can win the battle for your ministry by staying connected to those God-ordained relationships. You will always know for sure who they are. Satan will help with that by making the pressure to break away almost unbearable so that you will be tempted to bail out just for relief. 
Maybe your spiritual father is really riding you. Nobody else has. And he's trying to break that stubborn nature in you to finally give you victory in your life. Remember the prophetic words spoken over your life and who has spoken them. Wage a good warfare and come out victorious as you are promoted into your calling. None of these aforementioned battles can be won without a surrendered life to Jesus or submission to spiritual leadership and authority. Those two things are primary elements when it comes to winning the battle for truth. Family, your soul, your faith, and your ministry. Conclusion, stay in the Word. Submit your will to the truth found in the Bible, the Scriptures. The Scriptures are the words of God documented in written form. They are inspired by God Himself, the Holy Spirit. As one stays under God, denying himself and his pride, that tempts a person to violate the government of God and those leaders God is using in his kingdom to develop you, and he then can use you if you stay under authority. We will move into the battle of ministry using our spiritual power gifts of the Holy Spirit that God will continue to give us. The gifts will become more powerful and effective as we stay under authority and obey those who rule over us to prepare us for the kingdom of God. May God richly bless you. Move into your destiny. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.